Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. That's what we got. Mixed martial arts. <laughs> That's right. More mixed martial arts. UFC is back tomorrow. Early card. UFC Vegas 42. I like early cards. Prelims at 1 p.m. Eastern. Main card at 4 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be headlined by a fun one at 145 pounds between... Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. So let's talk about UFC Vegas 42. We are live on our preview show here at MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Kack. We got Casey Lydon on the ones and twos. Baddest stash in MMA media. And we have a very special guest joining us because we have a big featherweight matchup coming up. Let's talk to one of the most exciting featherweights on planet Earth. And we saw that firsthand this past Saturday night inside Madison Square Garden, UFC 268 against Shane Burgos. Unfortunately, it did not go his way, but the fight was incredible. And the stock, in my opinion, of one Billy Quarantillo has risen in a big way. And he's kind enough to join us just days after that epic war. Billy, how are you, man? Thank you for doing this. Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Always great chatting with you, brother. Absolutely. So I, I guess first things first, man, how how are you feeling? How is everything after that incredible fight with Shane Burgos? Uh, I'm good. You know, it, uh, it, it was a long training camp. I didn't prepare uh, much after it because, you know, you don't want to ever overlook anyone. So I got a lot of, a lot of good comments, a lot of people uh, saying really nice things to me. Of course, losing sucks. And, uh, you know, that stinging feeling of the lo- the loss will will stay with me until my next fight, I'm sure. Um, everything else physically, I feel great. My leg's still kind of jacked up. It's a little bruised up. Uh, but besides that, I, you know, it, it is what it is. It was a tough fight. Uh, I really thought I was going to be able to go there and beat him. And he did a really good job of, uh, you know, attacking my leg, mixing in the leg kicks. And uh, can't go back and do anything now. So I'm just looking forward and uh, moving on to the next one. When we spoke, the whole thing was we were talking about you and Shane got to set the table for Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. That was the plan all along until a couple of days before the card, they kick off the main card and you have to follow that fight. So we, in hindsight, we all saw how it played out and how the crowd reacted. They kind of came down despite you and Shane putting on a tremendous battle. In a lot of people's minds, like the purists of MMA actually thought you and Shane's fight was was better. I mean, there's an energy and there's a chaos to Gaethje Chandler, but from a technical standpoint, a lot of people felt that you and Shane definitely flew under the radar having to follow that fight. So how did you react to finding out that Gaethje and Chandler is going to open the card and you're going to have to follow that fight? Uh, yeah, well, at first, I you know, I didn't really think much of it. I'm try- I was just trying to focus on, you know, my own fight. And I was thinking, you know, like they're going to go out there, put on a good show, 
and it, it'll it'll set us up for for good things. And then uh, backstage, when I was watching it, I just like tweeted about it, like kind of joking around. I remember watching it backstage, and it was like, holy shit! Like, how am I gonna, you know, like what are we gonna, like what are we even supposed to do now? Uh, you know, like watching them just just you know leave leave everything in the cage. Both both of them are bleeding all over the place. The crowd was you could hear the crowd in our locker room was deafening. It was you know I was I was literally watching that fight as a fan. Um, and just thinking, man, I'm like, no matter what we do, it's going to be very hard to top this one. So, you know, I, I had nothing to lose going in there. And and I understand, like, a lot of casual fans at the event were probably like, all right, well, this is our, our chance to go get some food, go grab a beer, you know, use the bathroom. So I, I definitely felt like when we first started, we I, I was landing some early shots, and the crowd wasn't really that loud at first. But as our fight went on, they they seemed to wake back up and, and get back into the fight. So it, it was definitely a tough act to follow. Um, but again, there was nothing I could have done about it right then and there. Uh, so I just made the most of it. We, I, I think we put on a good fight. And uh, as you said, a lot of a lot of like the hardcore fans hit me up and was like, man, I loved your fight. Uh, it sucks that it was right behind that one. So uh, it, was, it was awesome. And it, it was awesome being on a big stage. Tough act to follow, of course. I was watching that fight as a fan. Uh, but we made the most of it, and I think we got a lot of people's attention, which is which is the most I could ask for. Completely agree. Tremendous fight. And speaking of tough acts to follow, this card tomorrow has to follow UFC 268, which was just amazing. Best card of the year, in my opinion. So many storylines, so many discussion points afterwards. But we got to start somewhere. We got one hell of a main event in your mm-hmm. division, Billy. We got Max Holloway. He is back for the first time since that win over Calvin Cater, taking on Yaya Rodriguez. This fight was supposed to happen in July. Holloway had an injury, undisclosed injury, and now we're, we're rebooked here just a couple of weeks away from Turkey Day. So your thoughts on the matchup, Billy? What, what stands out to you? Is it Max Holloway returning, it, just like the excitement for that, or is it the lack of disrespect for Yaya Rodriguez, in my opinion, coming into this fight? Yeah, I um, it's uh, man, a lot of it's just a really interesting fight because we haven't seen too much of of Rodriguez. You know, he, his last fight I think was in 2019 against Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Max Holloway, always a fan favorite, always exciting. Um, you know, his output's just going to be unbelievable. the The biggest thing I think is, uh, I think you mentioned it with, I think the odds started at like. I think Max was like a minus 400 favorite, which is, was already a huge, huge, huge number. And now I think he's up to like a minus 700 favorite. So just crazy, crazy odds between, you know, the, the number one contender. And I think like the number three contender, um, it just shows you what a gap people think, uh, is, is there between those, those top few guys. Um, and it just shows how much people love and will will go to bat for Max Holloway because obviously a ton of people must be betting on him still if the odds are still going uh in that direction but I don't think you could find another division where you get the number 1 guy against the number 3 guy I think those are the numbers I could be wrong he Yarier might be pushed back a little bit but it's it's two top guys two top 5 guys uh and to have a minus 700 favorite and a plus 5 whatever it's just pretty crazy odds so as a better I'm obviously going to stay away from this fight unless there's like some prop bets. Um, but as a fan, I think it's going to be a lot closer than those odds show. Uh, I'm still rocking with Max Holloway. I still think he goes and gets it done, but those odds are just uh, are, are a little unusual. I think. 
Yeah, it's wild. Minus 720, according to DraftKings right now for Max Holloway, plus 500 for Yair Rodriguez. Casey, your thoughts? Like, I know you're not one that plays the ponies, but we talk about the betting lines. You like to refer to the topology page and see how the fans are voting. Are we, let me take a guess, 83% Max Holloway, or is it higher than that? 95%? (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) That's wild. Wow. Okay, that's way higher than I thought it was going to be. I thought 83% was probably like a, a little disrespectful. 95%? That's insane. Yeah, man. Wow. People just people just love Max Holloway. It's just uh he's one of those guys. He he he's done such a good job. Um, you know, in the cage, he's super exciting. And the times that he lost, a lot of people thought he won. And I think just outside of like everything he does is just like cool. Like it's like Max Holloway is just like a cool person. Uh, it's hard to root against him, but man, yeah, Yari Rodriguez. It's almost like we we forget with all the crazy, per, crazy, exciting performances he's had. Um, you know, he's only lost once, I think, to Frankie Edgar. Uh, besides that, he's looked pretty um, remarkable in that cage. So it's, I'm definitely really excited for this fight, and uh, it's it's hard to believe there's that much of a gap between the two. What do you think? I know we're talking heavy odds. Everyone's very heavy on Max Holloway, and, and rightfully so. A lot of people feel mm-hmm. that even with Volkanovski, he's the best featherweight in the world right now, despite having the two losses on the record. Is there? What would you say if you're betting on? If you're coaching Yaya Rodriguez, if you're in his corner, Billy, what are you telling him? What do you think is his best path to victory to defeating the great Max Holloway tomorrow? Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's probably what we kind of already know. He's, I, you know, he probably could beat Max Holloway with his unorthodox striking, you know, he's always doing, uh, you know, different kind of jumping kicks and spinning kicks and, and different types of kicks where Max is more of, um, you know, more of a boxer. He likes to, you know, he likes to use kicks sometimes, but I mean, it's hard to root, you know, it's hard to bet against Yari Rodriguez if he's a hundred percent healthy, if he's using all of his strikes effectively and, you know, neither guy really wants to wrestle. So, I mean, he just needs to be, he just needs to use his striking and I don't know, man, be better with it. It's such a, it's such an unusual position because neither guy really has that wrestling base where like, if I'm fighting a guy and their striking's that good, I want to mix in takedowns. I want to, I want to mix it up. I want to throw them off their game. But I think both guys are going to go into this fight, uh, Max with the reputation of, you know, the, the UFC's best boxer. He said it. Uh, in pretty much every interview that I've seen that, you know, he's the best boxer. He's he, he wants to be known as the best striker. Yaria Rodriguez is a phenomenal striker. He does a lot of unorthodox stuff. He mixes it up. So I think in Yarir's corner, he's just got to keep doing what he's been doing. He really needs to mix it up. He needs to figure out Max's timing. He can't, you know, stand there and box with Max. Uh, that would definitely be a bad idea, but yeah, it's tough, man. He's just got to keep doing what he's doing, but he's just got to be better at it than Max, which is going to be a tough task, I think. My reaction to, like, when the fight was booked in July, I was like, okay, cool. We have tough going on. Like, the division's kind of in a weird place right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, you, we want to throw that fight on a main, like, a, a main event of a fight night? Sure. But then to announce this fight, literally the day of Volkanovsky's title defense against Brian Ortega, Kind of surprising, right? Because I felt, especially with the timing of that fight, Max Holloway is a no-brainer to get the winner of that fight. Didn't matter when it was going to happen, probably sometime in early 2022, but I was like, okay, Max Holloway's going to fight for the title against Volkanovski, third fight, 
Let's go. And then we find out this is the fight for November. What was your reaction to this, Billy? Were you surprised that this is the route or is this just Max Holloway saying, I'm done sitting on the bench. I've been out for 10 months. Like I got to get back in there and, and just punch somebody. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, you know, I think Max has done enough to, to earn that, that rematch. A lot of people like myself thought he won that second fight against Volkanovsky. Um, and against Kelvin Cater, he just looked like he was the best fighter in the world. So I don't know. I, I think Max has got something up his sleeve. I heard him in one interview saying that, you know, he's got a lot of options. It's not just the title fight. Um, so it sounds like he might be interested in moving up to 155 at this point. He is one of the UFC's biggest stars. Um, I think he is one of the biggest uh, needle needle movers. Um, so it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see what they do next with the timing of it. If Volkanovski wants to fight, you know, shortly after this, you know, within the next within the next couple months, it'll be interesting to see who they give the fight to. Of course, if Max goes up there and wins this fight, which a lot of people are expecting. So yeah, it is very unusual timing. So it will be interesting to see what Max and what the UFC decide to do, depending on how this fight goes. You know, if it's a, if he goes there and gets a, an easy decision or, or you know, go, goes there and gets a, gets a big finish and doesn't take any damage, maybe he lines up with Volkanovski for the next fight. But with two killers like this, you got to imagine that they're going to do some damage to each other. So It'll be interesting to see what they do, what they decide to do with that, because clearly uh, I'm not the only one that thinks Max should get another title fight. He's definitely the next one up, uh, and I don't think anyone would mind seeing a Volkanovski-Holloway third fight, especially with how close those first two fights were. Max Holloway might have created one of the best T-shirt offerings of all time the elevator divas line was was just one of the best things i've ever heard in my life all these elevated divas you know just wait just waiting at the top like i love i love that so much as well said by by max holloway so billy you're you're picking max to win this fight Mm -hmm. does he get it done inside the distance or do you think we're gonna see 25 minutes of chaos um i think so i think he's gonna get get the finish uh only because i think uh i think rodriguez well yeah and I, I I think that Max has already had a few of those big war. You know, he's had the wars with with uh, with Cater, the war with or with Ortega that he got the finish. Um, did he finish Ortega? Right? I think he finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he finished yeah. Ortega. Yeah, I, I know he, he took a beating first, but he's already had the wars with Volkanovski. He's got the capability of finishing people, and I think Yarir is going to try to push him, pressure him a little bit more. Um, be kind of take him off his game. So I think anytime one fighter tries to pressure the other one, I think you're going to see more mistakes and more opportunities to get the finish. So I'll go uh, Max Holloway, third round TKO. Um, and that's because he's already had the long wars and it's like, man, it's not going to be a war every single time. I think he's going to go out there and get the, get the finish on it. So if I was betting, I would probably take a prop bet, something like that, where the odds are a little bit more realistic uh, because you're either going to have to go with Yarier or uh, just spend a, spend a trillion dollars just to make a couple bucks. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Max Holloway TKO third round, um, and it's an early card, which would, I, I like these early East Coast fights. Uh, uh, you know, I live on the East Coast, so it'll be nice to watch it during the day. Yes, I completely agree. Casey, where are you at with this Holloway Yair? Could he could he pull off the upset and and, and just? turn this division upside down because that's what he'll do if he beats Max Holloway tomorrow. It's so weird because while I am going to pick Max Holloway, like I, the odds just blow me away. Um, 
I mean, very bold, very bold statement saying he's going to be finished. Um, Yair has never been finished in his career. Um, his only loss in the UFC, of course, it was to Frankie. And, um, and uh, for Holloway, he, his only finish in the UFC, getting finished, was his very, very short notice, very first, first fight in the UFC against Dustin Poirier on short notice. So I honestly, maybe I'm just being a hopeful fan here. I just think this is an incredible, incredible 25-minute war. And I, while I'm picking Holloway, I just think he's going to edge it. I don't think he's just leaps and bounds above Yair, even though I do think Holloway right now in, my, in our rankings, I do have him above Volkanovski, has the best 145-er in the world right now. And mm-hmm. um, I am, I am going to say 3-2 uh, uh, Max Holloway. And it's going to be one hell of a fight. And if Yair wins, I'm not going to be shocked. If if one of them finishy, finishes each other, I will be shocked. But if Yair wins a close decision, I actually I won't be shocked at all. I I just think this is super competitive. But um, I think logically everyone should pick Max. But the just the odds are just inc- incredible for him. I don't mm-hmm. I don't get that. But but I mean yeah, that just <laughs> people love Max. I get it. <laughs> But yeah, you might be one of those little y'all must have forgot type guys too. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's been the the Boston card, October 2019, was the last time he fought, and it was a fun one with Jeremy Stevens. I'm very curious to see how the first eight minutes of this fight goes. How is Yair going to approach it? How is Max Holloway going to approach it? Because Max is Max hasn't always been like the best starter in the world, but his last few fights, he's been a terrific starter. The way he started off that Calvin Cater fight. The way he started off the second Volkanovski fight, I mean, the guy came out on fire. He came out absolutely on fire. He's, dro- he's just landing, just getting comfortable. But he's he's taking in information while still landing punishment. Like, Piotr Jan likes to take that first round and kind of just, you know, land some shots. But he likes to kind of survey the scene, figure out tendencies. Max Holloway has done that in his last two fights while landing damage. And it's just mm-hmm. been pretty sensational to see how he does now. What Volkanovski was able to do in that second fight, making those adjustments while the fight was happening, was incredibly impressive. So I don't want to take anything away from him. But how is Jair Rodriguez going to approach this tornado of destruction in Max Holloway that's going to come, come towards him? Can he go 25 minutes? I don't know. Holloway's the kind of guy that gets better as the fight goes. If you watch the Calvin Cater fight, he was putting up record numbers in rounds four and five. It was absolutely ridiculous. The amount of pressure this guy puts on, the amount of numbers, the amount of strikes he throws and lands, it's absolutely unbelievable. So I'm not going to say Yair doesn't have a chance. He certainly has a chance. He's so unorthodox. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wrestles a little bit. Maybe he does take Max Holloway down and try to try to gas him out a little bit. He might not be that successful. Maybe clinches him up against the cage a little bit, tries to slow him down, put his body on top of Max and try to try to suck some of that energy away before Holloway gets cooking. That'd be a smart strategy on his part. I'm not a coach or an MMA fighter or anything like that. But, you know, if a guy's just coming out and just throwing volume like that, you would think, how can I slow this guy down? Well, you try to put him up against the fence and try to slow him down a little bit. So I think Yair's going to try that. But again, does he have the gas tank to be able to withstand that for a while? I don't know. So I'll go with Holloway. I think he, I'm not going to say he cruises, but I would say the final 75% of the fight is all his. It's just a matter of whether or not he gets, I'll say he wins the decision. And I think it's a clear cut one, mm-hmm. but I think Yair's going to have his moments, especially early in this fight. I can see Yair being strong very early, too. But definitely towards four and five, I think that's going to be Max Holloway time. Even though 
the maybe the greatest knockout in UFC history was with one second left in the fifth round by Yair Rodriguez. So we're, we're saying that Yair is going to fade, but yet the greatest knockout ever is by Yair in the fifth round. So it's a crazy sport. <laughs> Can you imagine that again? Because like oh. <laughs> Korean Zombie still gets still gets heat for being like, okay, I'll get in the middle with you yeah, and have this exchange, even though I'm winning four rounds to nothing yeah. at this point. I'm about to win the fight, but I'm going to go in there and get stopped like yeah. with, with a crazy elbow. But Holloway's known to do that too. Like let's meet in the middle and – so I'm kind of glad. Yeah. This, I'm kind of excited for the last 10 seconds of this fight. We never know what's going to happen with these guys. I think, I, I think like, it's going to be so exciting. Yeah, even if it's a blowout, you feel up until the last final horn, you're going to be like, okay, now it's over. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I think you have to. I think you have to. You guys like, Billy, I know we, we only have a few more oh. minutes with you, but just kind of looking at this card, uh, main card, we got Ben Rothwell, Mar- Marco Giorgio de Lima, Felicia Spencer facing the returning Leah Letts, and we got Julia Arce versus Song Yidong. And, and some other good fights. When you look at this card, Billy, what's the fight maybe flying under the radar? And, and if you really look at this card, it's pretty good. Like, it's a sneaky good card following UFC 268. What's that, like, under-the-radar banger that you're looking at and being like, damn, this could be a good fight and no one's even talking about it? Um, well, I don't know about no one talking about it because obviously, like, MMA Twitter, we talk about everything. But uh, a, a fight that I'm super excited about is the uh, Miguel Bieza fight. Uh, I've I've met him a few times uh, in Chaos Williams. Uh, that guy's always super exciting. Uh, but Bieza. Uh, the way he fights and the way how, how tactical he is and, and how he approaches the fight game. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, I met him before I was on the contender series. I guess we fought on the same, uh, local card back in the day, which he brought up to me, which I thought was really cool. Um, and then just, just from meeting him before we were both in the UFC to, uh, to both of us having some, you know, some good success and, and some big moments in the UFC. Uh, I'm super excited about that fight. That'll be one that, to me, that'll be like my co-main event. I'm that'll be the, the one I'm second most excited about. I believe um, this weekend. Yeah, that is that is a great fight. I'm looking at the odds. Very close. We got by as a one mm-hmm. minus one forty. Chaos Williams plus one twenty. Chaos Williams looked gigantic on the scale. Like I, I know he's always been in great shape, but he looked gigantic on the scale today. So good on him. That fight should should be great. We did have two two blunders on the scale. Joel Alvarez missed weight for the second consecutive fight at 155. Liana Jojua Ooh. also missed weight. Uh, both fights will proceed. Courtney Casey and Tiago Moises, respectively, will get 30% of their opponent's purses. But Casey, what's yours? What's, what, what's the low-key banger? What's the one you got your eye on? Um, Cynthia Cavillo versus Andrea Lee. Um, two top 10 um, lady flyweights. Uh, Cavillo coming off... Unfortunately, probably the worst performance of her career against um, a very, very mean Jessica Andrade, where she, Kavia just didn't look like she wanted to be in there. I, I, I'm just going to assume that was just an off night for her. Uh, I, I was speaking on Andrade beat Kavia, but the way Andrade just walked through Kavia, I was just like, just shocked. But um, And Andrew Lee is coming off maybe one of her best performances. And well, who, who did Andrew Lee just beat? I forgot. What was it? Shevchenko. Yeah, Shevchenko. Antonina Antonina, the, the, the other one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just um, – Andrew Lee, I've always thought she's um, going to eventually get a title shot. Um, maybe, this is the, maybe this is the fight she needs, but the placement of the card doesn't really – doesn't really um, make me believe that, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm hyped for that fight. Um, and of course, I know it's not a low key banger because it's the co main event, but freaking Ben Rothwell, just <laughs> I mean Ben Rothwell, I just 
You know, Ben Rothwell. Yeah, I love him. And I, I just hope, uh, I, I don't want to root for a fighter. I know the media, but if he does win, I love when he does his little, remember he used to do his little jig and he does his dance and everything. It was just, the yeah. man can move. The man can move. Yeah. Julio Arce versus uh, Song Yudong's great fight. Too. Of course. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if we're talking high level martial arts, yeah, of course that one. Yeah, it's but <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean, listen, fight, I'm talking about the post fight dance. Come on. Oh yeah, I, listen. No one, no one can beat the the Ben Rothwell post fight dance. Yeah. Jacasey Alves is good. Uh, even the first fight of the card, uh, Daun Jung yeah. versus Kennedy Enchichuku. Holy moly, that's a that, that's an interesting fight too. And that's like one of those fights that is a nightmare for betters, right? Because on paper, you would think Daun Jung with the experience, the guys he's fought, the way he's performed as of late. It's like, yeah, I I, I feel like this guy could grind out a decision and win however he wants. But Enchichuku, again. A guy who cuts a lot of weight to get to 205, a huge guy, maybe not the most technical fighter of all time, but man, like as the fight progresses, he gets stronger and stronger and better and better and just starts landing with ferocity. It's just wild to see his UFC fights, especially since like a lot of people picked against him in those fights. And now he's got probably the toughest fight of his career. And this is a really closely lined fight. And Chuku is only a plus 105 underdog right now. Money coming in on, on the youngster. So some good fights here. Billy, I know you got to get out of here, my man. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on, giving your insight for this main event. Uh, we'll head to the peeps momentarily, Casey. But uh, any final words for the peeps before we let you go, Billy? Oh, man. Uh, just thank you guys for having me, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be fighting again soon, man. Thank, thanks, everyone, for, like, the kind messages and stuff. Uh, I, I love this sport, and I love, like, everyone involved with it. It was it was really cool to lose a fight and still get so many, uh, like, heartfelt messages. It was, it was really cool. So thank you guys. Uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and hopefully I'll be back probably in February fighting again, uh, hopefully another big name. Against who? Who do you want? Who do you want? Come on. Here oh, I don't know. Yeah, man. I got I got to heal up first. <laughs> I can't, I can't be, uh, I can't be calling people out when I'm limping around. So I, I feel like when I'm healthy, I'll, I'll give you guys some names. I'll let you know first, Mike, when, uh, when we got someone in mind. I appreciate that. Billy, I, it means a lot for you to come on here and, and give your expertise and, uh, happy healing. And we'll see you soon. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, there he is, Billy Quarantillo, the man, the myth, the legend. What a fight it was with Hurricane Shane Burgos at UFC 268. Just doesn't get enough love. We even talked about you know, some of the unsung heroes of UFC 268, and neither name was really mentioned in those discussions with Jose and Phoenix. And that's no fault of theirs. It's just there's so many storylines and so many, you know, feel good stories like the the, the 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 debuts that happen. Of course, Chandler Gaethje. I mean, just unbelievable card. And uh, now we get another one coming up. So let's go to the peeps. All right. Let's check in with our the the wonderful MMA fighting community. Uh, if you want to talk about this card or. All other yeah, just hit us up with your predictions. Any going on? Let me see what we got here. Let's see what we got. Of course, we've had some interesting fight announcements over the last couple days. Sorry, I thought you could see that. Maxwell outpaced Rodriguez. It's very possible. That's. I mean, I think we're all kind of in agreement that the longer this fight goes, the more it favors Max Holloway. Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think anyone can outpace Max. So, yeah, I think that that's that's the one thing you will always get. Like as far as just pace for twenty five minutes, Max will. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Like, is there anyone? Maybe Volkanovski, if you think, or that's more of adjustments. But I think just straight yeah, pace. Yeah, I don't think minutes, can, like Max. Yeah, I don't think you can outpace Max. No, I don't yeah, think you, you can, can outpace actually, him. Like, yeah, outpace you can maybe no. you can try you can try to stop him to slow him down, <laughs> but not outpace. Uh, let me see what we yeah, got here. Yeah, very tough to outpace that guy. Um. Oh, uh, oh, and dang it! I've, we, we let Billy go. I wanted, I wanted to ask him about the painting on the floor. You see that thing in the background? Was like, oh some, no! I was, I was, I was, I wanted to ask him for. I was like, what is this? Like a, a giant octopus attacking a shark? I was like, yes. I'm gonna like, find. I'll, I'll find out right now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll give you the answer. All right, let me see what we got here. Uh, need to give props to Mike. You almost nailed that pick for Gaethje Chandler. <laughs> that first round. It was very close. It was very close. And I wasn't – the the main point of that pick was that Michael Chandler was getting disrespected by the betting line, by the MMA community. People – like I just couldn't believe it. Like everybody that you asked about that fight, you could ask a 1,000 people. I probably talked to all different people and saw views on Twitter. Not one person was picking Michael Chandler to win that fight. Not one person thought Michael Chandler would get out of the second round in that fight. And then there he is just putting on an all-out war. It was just a nuts. I mean, I know – I felt good about the pick. I felt pretty good about it. No, you – well, you picked Chandler to actually knock out Gage I picked him to round. finish him in the first yeah. round. But be, but because if it was going to happen, it was going to happen then. But it was just the disrespect for Michael Chandler. Like, no one was picking him. No one was giving him a chance. And I was like, I feel, I feel like he's getting a little bit disrespected here, and he's got a chance to win this fight. So I'm going to take a flyer on him. I see a lot of similarities between uh, at least the the perception coming into it between uh, Gaethje Chandler and um, tomorrow's main event, Yair and Holloway, where clearly there are two A level fighters in their in their weight divisions, but yet we are excited about the fight, but yet 
we ever like ninety nine percent of the people are picking one side. So like it's really it's, it's it's just it's unique that we're like, oh, this fight's so awesome. Who's gonna win? Well, clearly that guy is gonna win. And how many times do we say that? We're like we're excited about a fight, but yet we all we all know that out- we all say we know the outcome though. I just find that unique. Like we're all excited about Max yeah. Holloway Yair. Well, I think we should be at least. Um, I mean, I, I'm 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 as equally excited about Max and Yair as it was for Gaethje Chandler. You know, so I just these are just two A level guys, and they're always in exciting fights. Um, but yeah, um, did you um, did you see the did, did we release the the Gaethje interview yet that we did? That yes, we oh. we released it this morning. Oh yeah, did you watch it? Have you Genshin? Have you Genshin? Uh, I listened to it this morning because I was putting the podcast up. Oh, okay. Interesting stuff. Gaethje was on fire. Yeah, yeah. So Gaethje if you haven't watched it, go and, watch you know, it. I, and I, I, I want to rewatch that fight actually because I, I, I wonder how much of the moment we got into, you know, rather than the actual – because the third round was kind of weird. <laughs> that third, that, yeah. that, I mean they, they were both clearly kind of like, okay, I'm kind of over this now. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, how are we both standing? Like, this yeah, fight should have like, been over yeah, multiple Jenna's like, times. Jenna's like, just knock me out, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, hey, but you got it. Yeah, you, were, you were right. If Chandler was going to win, it did feel like he would win very early in the fight. To me, he was going to win either very early in the fight or Chandler was going to win by kind of a, a grindy decision, like, say, how he won against uh, Brent Premis in the rematch. He just kind of had to get the win. But uh, yeah, Chandler, um, he um, was they, he went for the exciting route, and um, I think it paid off. You know, I know he got the loss, but Agreed. I think it paid off. Uh, and now you should fight Tony Ferguson, and we'll have some more fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, here we go. Thank you. Uh, Rolo Tomasa, do you guys think Max should move, make a move to one fifty five at some point, or do you think he's perfect where he is? Let me. Why don't you answer that one first, Casey? I have my thoughts on this, but what are your thoughts on this? It's a little why not both, honestly. Um, I I, w- I wish the UFC would give Max more options. Maybe they are giving him options. Maybe that's what he's talking about. I think Max is one of those guys. He says he can make forty five relatively easy now. Um, remember, you know, he had some. There was some issues in the past, but it seems the last four or five fights there haven't been any issues. If he can go back and forth, I would love that. Um, people forget that Max. Yeah, he lost to Dustin Poirier, but. Damn, that was a competitive one hell of a fight. And that was Max not really bulking up to 55. That was really just a 45er fighting at 55. So um, I, I would love Max at both divisions. Um, that's pretty much it, yeah. I, I think I think I want to see him at both, um, yeah. Of course, if, if he winds up being the, the 45 champ, even, even if he somehow retains, gets back the title at 45, I, lo- I love how they used to do Anderson back in the day. Um, Anderson was the champ at middleweight. And he fought fun fights at 205. He didn't, they didn't go for the double champ thing with Anderson Silva when he was the middleweight champ. He just remember he fought Forrest Griffin, um, James Irvin, just kind of fighters, kind of fun fights. And I wish the UFC did more of that. And I think Max is the type of guy, champ or not, that can kind of be in fun fights at 55 and then in very relevant fights at 45. I wanted Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje so bad. That was the fight. I mean, that was that was the one. I was like, okay, Max Holloway is basically planting the seeds, telling you, I want to go to fifty-five. I don't need to fight for the belt. I want the best challenges you can give me. I want that fight, and there it is. And of course, the Habib thing was out there, and you know, we turned into this whole LeBron James the the choice thing. And where am I going to go? Am I going to retire? Am I not going to retire? Like, so obviously. Holloway's trying to get himself inserted into that conversation because that was the best challenge he could have. But 
once Habib officially, officially, officially retired, I thought Gaethje was like a no-brainer. Like, Holloway wants to stay busy. He wants a challenge. Like, mm-hmm. we'll just throw him in there. And Gaethje's kind of out of the title picture right now for some weird reason. So let's just throw him in there with let's just throw these two guys who need something fun to do and have them fight each other. So I'm with you. 155, like I, I don't want to see him make a full move to 155. He Me starts either. bulking up yeah. and putting on size, like you're you're a 55er. I don't want if, if if he goes that route, I don't want to see him drop in, back and forth. But if you got some fun fights you want to take at 155, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. At this point in your career, you've done it all. You're a star. Like you transcend a lot of different things. Like Max Holloway could look, I don't think he's the biggest star in the UFC, but low key, he's like top three or four. And it doesn't feel that way all the time, especially amongst the casual audience. But like Jose was talking about in between the links, the, the Facebook name change announcement featured Max Holloway in it. Like Max Holloway is a featured name in that release. So he's a big deal. He's a very big deal. And, he doesn't need to fight. He makes probably a ton of money doing the gaming stuff. So good on him. Yeah. The only reason I don't want to see Max versus Gaethje is because I, you don't leave like, like, like you don't leave a Gaethje fight without some sort of damage. And that's the only issue. And I, I just, I want Max to be healthy. That's all. He has a family. He's got a new wife. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no. I have, I have an answer to the, to the question everybody wants to know about the painting on the floor. It was a painting on the floor oh, and it's it. an octopus. It's an octopus, like seatbelt positioning, a sh- like a great white shark, almost like strangling them. Uh, and Billy said, it's a custom made painting for one of my friends. I asked for it because it's my MMA style and why people call me the squid. All right. It's a squid. It's a squid. Oh, it is a squid. It's a squid. Choking a great white shark. So there wow. you go. There's your answer to the, to the photo, to the painting. Wait, is that, is that his nickname? Was that, I don't know. Was I did. I always called him Billy Q. I didn't know his nickname was the squid. I like, I don't mind that. Well, there you go. I like it too. I don't mind that. Good on that guy. That painting rules. <laughs> no, dude, I got to I got I'll, I'll post the actual picture on my Twitter a little while. I, I, I kept, have, I, I I kept wanting to interrupt you guys like, hey, can we stop talking about fights real quick and talk about that thing in the background? But <laughs> I was distracted by the cat that kept jumping up and down, <laughs> yeah. so I didn't even see the painting. <laughs> All right. yeah, uh, Max has so many options right now. I mean, yeah, just have fun, man. If Max loses, though, tomorrow, I think – mm, I mean, in a weird way, like his options may open up a lot more with a – maybe a competitive loss tomorrow who knows you know because if he wins you know it's pretty much you know title shot which you know for the maybe. money that maybe you're right who knows who knows he can do whatever he wants he can do, yeah. he could talk max holloway if he wanted to could talk like i mean it all would need to play out obviously with justin gaethje and mock mm-hmm. stuff but max Holloway wants to throw himself into the 55 title picture and he calls the ufc and his management talks to the ufc about doing that if Holloway just says, like, I'm going to 55 for the next, like, four fights, he's fighting for the title, like, in the first two or three fights. Easily. Without even, like, without, I mean, a win sure would help. But, I mean, if, if they're like, Max Holloway wants to go to 55 and fight for the title, the UFC would seriously consider that with what's available right now. Not, like, right to second. With Ga- Gage, you should get the next shot. I know you got Makachev there as well. But if Holloway ever exer- just said, like, I want to go fight for the, for the lightweight title, UFC would have a discussion about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Clearly. I, I, so I, he's I, got I, options either way. But, yeah, with a loss, he definitely – I mean, he has more. You could throw him in there with with Josh Emmett and Shane Burgos and, and some of these killers at 145. I mean, Evloyev, 
he gets your cards if he beats Calvin Cater. I mean, there's there's options I feel, anyways. I feel, I feel like if he loses, though, I want yeah, I want I want those fifty five fights. I don't know. I, I know you're saying. That. I want him with a win too. Yeah, but you know what, Max Holloway need the title. Max Holloway's a lot like Justin Gaethje. You in the sense of matchmaking, you really can't f it up. That's true. You know? <laughs> like you got I no want Ryan Justin Hall. Gaethje Don't to fight. fight Ryan Hall. Though. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, what I mean, like, I, I, I want just get you fight this guy. Cool. I want just get you fight uh, uh, an '86 Hyundai. Cool. <laughs> like that sounds awesome. It's, sure, I'm. It's, I, I would. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I found like the no the Gaethje Chandler talk. It was it was really Gaethje versus anybody because we were just it was just exciting to see Gaethje fight. And of course, the Chandler had a good rivalry. Just two bolt, you know, hoked out dudes. But all right, um, see, I'll take a couple more. This if Holly goes up, he will be. He didn't get. He get murdered. What, 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 what are you, you talking about? That was the second best fight of the year. He he just happened to fight after the fight of the year, which was like uh, it was um, Izzy versus Gaslam. People were cra- that fight was that fight was super competitive. And it was okay. I think people are really yeah. I might have to pull up the stats on that fight. Yeah. Just 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 for uh, for context, but keep continue on. Yeah yeah. I mean, like, like some, some questions. A little off topic here. Uh, did Habib turn heel or do you think it was Ali tweeting? I'm not going to comment on <laughs> yeah. this, but um, the one that's interesting, the one that was you interesting all know. was, you all know. Yeah. <laughs> but Habib going after Gaethje on IG was, was kind of interesting. What, is that something more kind of in the comment section? I, is there uh, more stuff? Yeah, go 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 to MMAfighting.com. Oh. You can read it. I'll be oh. like, there was some some post on Instagram, maybe it was some other sites post um, about Gaethje saying that he wants the next title shot, and Habib like basically jumped on and said like, "You had your shot." Oh, His that one, yeah. Like shot. you yeah. slept, you you went to sleep during your title shot. That's just yeah. That was okay, crazy. so so here are the numbers for Holloway Poirier. Okay, here are the numbers for that fight. First round, Poirier outlanded Holloway fifty four to thirty. Round two, Holloway outlanded Poirier 32 to 31. Round three, Holloway 53 to 33 outlanded Dustin Poirier. Round four, 42-34 in favor of Holloway. Round five, Dustin Poirier 26 to 24. Now listen, I understand the big difference in that fight. Poirier, much bigger guy. When he landed, it counted more. But Holloway got his shots in, and that was a super close fight. So there, there was no quote-unquote murder in that fight it was a very close fight holloway outlanded him the the strikes for the most part favor like the statistics for the most part favor max holloway in that fight so if like you didn't watch that fight and you looked at those numbers you would think max holloway won that fight so you know was, there was a recent was title fight that was just like that Corey, um uh, san hagen versus jan statistically san hagen won that fight but of course jan landed the harder shots and and, and yeah. got the bigger reaction so like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like statistics, they tell part of the truth, <laughs> and right. but, and that, yeah, and that, and the statistics are telling part of the truth. That fight was super close, um, but sig- there are significant strikes, and there are very significant strikes, which unfortunately is not a category for. And the yeah. very significant strikes Dustin Poirier landed, but God, yeah, and that, that wasn't was that short notice or was that Dustin? What, was that relatively short notice? Relatively, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. For for um, for Holloway. All right. Uh, what we got? Let me see what else we got. Um, and by the way, I scored that fight the same way all three judges scored that fight. 
46 for Dustin Poirier, but it was a much closer fight than the scores indicate. Yeah, much like Casey talking about the Piotr Jan Sandhagen fight. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, any questions? Come on, guys. Any questions about anything else in the card? I know we got a lot of questions. We got some cyborg questions. Will cyborg retire? With, cyborg retire with with the title? Um, maybe I think I, I, think, she, I think she's almost fight a few more times. Yeah, I, I just don't I, know I, what else. I mean, what else can she do? Like I, I don't know. They're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna get Kayla Harrison. But if I'm Bellator, I'm doing literally everything in my power to get Kayla over. Even if it's just like, even if you negotiate with PFL, just be like, we want one fight, just one fight. We will pay you. We will pay her. We'll pay Chris. We'll crow. We'll we'll we'll, we'll run your commercials during the show. Like you need sh- this fight has to happen between these two ladies. Like I'm. Nunes, Nunes, Harrison, cool. Like I would watch it, no doubt about it. But the cyborg one, I, I just don't see it happening because they're teammates. Like it could happen someday if the if the money's right. And the, the UFC, I feel yeah. like, yeah. I feel like Harrison Cyborg could happen. Uh, I mean, if you're saying like, where's she gonna? Where's Kayla Harrison gonna fight? I believe she's gonna end up with the PFL. I know there's certain championship rules that. If you win the, the the season and the title, like you're almost like committed to another year, but maybe her contract's a little different. But if I'm Bellator, I'm doing everything in my power to make that fight happen. However, you got to do it, no matter how much it costs, you do it because you can't put a bigger fight together right now. So try to get it done, get a deal with PFL to do it. But yeah, outside of that, there's just not much more for her. Like she, the Cats and Gano fights there. I'd like to see Cat get another win. Cat Gano, the, the last person to defeat and finish Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I mean, Cat's a good name, but I, I, I want to see Cat get one more win. Just n- not, not because she doesn't deserve a title shot now, because she, I mean, that's, that's right. the fight people would rather see right now. But she was out for a while. She's got a couple of wins. Like if Pam Sorensen wins tonight, like if you want to get Pam Sorensen the next title shot, or do Pam Sorensen versus Cat Gano. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm fine with that. And then if Kat wins, she gets a title shot. Like, I want Kat at her very best when she fights Chris Cyborg. I want her confidence high. I want her feeling good. Like, I want a build up. I want a build. I want hype. I want, I want yeah. a, I want a good, yeah. I want a, I want a press conference. I want to see them face to face, you know. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've always been a fan of Kat. When Kat's, when Kat's on, when she's fighting her best, she's just a vicious, vicious woman. And, um, yeah, I would like to see that. Um, do you like, um, do you like the Wonder Boy Bilal Muhammad fight, December eighteenth? It's not. It's I like it because it's two high level welterweights. It's not necessarily a fight I kind of. That's the not. It's not necessarily a fight I wanted to see, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not like. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's a fight that makes sense. That's about. I yeah. do. I, I, I now that I think of it, because we're talking about fight announcements. I do want to address one thing because when so Damon and I yesterday morning. We put out a, we put out an article that the UFC was targeting Adesanya Whitaker two at UFC two seventy one. Now uh, let me just throw this out here: it was completely obvious that this is the case. Like we saw how the card was shaping up, and you know people were giving us crap. Like oh, of course, I mean this is obvious. Like you're not really reporting anything. Like another outlet reported this fight on October eighth. Here's the thing about reporting fights and confirming fights. An outlet can go out there and, and, and claim that a fight is done, even a very reputable outlet. 
Of course we saw these reports. And of course we followed up on those reports, asking both sides. We have great relationships with – if you combine all of us, we have relationships with everybody in the sport. We can ask any, any manager to confirm any fight. Like we have that ability with all the people that work with the site. Believe me when I tell you that the reason that that fight was reported yesterday is because it wasn't agreed to until like a couple of days ago. Like we all knew this is the fight that was going to happen. We all knew this is the plan, the date, the location, the money, all that stuff is still being talked about. They were pretty far apart when that report first came out. They weren't done. Like we didn't have anything set. So the reporting thing, like, I could come. I could just throw out a fight tomorrow. I'd be like, Conor McGregor's fighting Dustin Poirier tomorrow. Like, in July, it's happening. Like, people aren't just going to write up a story saying I reported that. At least I hope not. What they should do is go and reach out to both sides and be like, is this dude telling the truth or not? Of course I wouldn't be, but I wouldn't report anything like that. So rule of thumb, like, if we haven't reported a fight, if, if we haven't reported something, like a big fight, it means it's probably not done or we haven't confirmed it yet. So... There you go. That's a little inside baseball because people were like, oh, I mean, they reported like a month ago, a month and a half ago. Like, why are they reporting this now? Because it wasn't done. It wasn't agreed upon. And believe me, we asked multiple times. I talked to one source. I was like, here's your monthly check-in about this fight. What's going on with it? And then I finally got that. Okay, this is this is the plan. This guy is preparing to fight this guy on this date. That's that's all I know. But we're we have a date. We finally have a date. So that's that's how that works. So there you go. Is there a location? Not yet. Not yet. Location. As far seems, as I'm told. Yeah. Location seems to be a big. That'll be a, a big, uh, big issue with uh, where they're training at and stuff. Butiker is in um, Australia, correct? Yes. There's yeah, talks about. I mean, you've seen the reports. I mean, there's yeah. talks about maybe Seattle. There's yeah. some other reports. I mean, it, it looks, it appears, I mean, 270 is going to be in Anaheim. I mean, we knew that was coming anyways, but UFC already confirmed that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see them go to different places. Like, I, Texas I, I, is cool. I, actually, is cool, I would love that but, fight to be in Australia. Just have. So would I. I would let me, yeah, just have it for local fans, you know, that give it out there. I mean, give them what they want, you know. It's just I, tough with the the COVID laws over there. But it's just but, but just have everyone just have have a card of just fighters from that region. Just I don't know. Just do something different, guys. But, but it's staff. You still gotta get all the staff over there. Now, if you can, if if you just put that, if you book that card in Australia, New Zealand, whatever, you book that card. But then you don't have another card for like two or three weeks. Cool. Then you're good. Then we can deal with all the. You know, the two-week quarantines, the, the quarantines heading out there. You have to space it out because they have obligations to ESPN and putting on a number of cards. If they do something like that, like you're, you're stretching the staff pretty thin. And yeah, I don't know how, how it would work. You get people out there early. They're going to have to stay longer. How do you run multiple cards? That's, that's the biggest problem, I think. If the UFC was just holding one event in February, I think they would go to Australia. But not the case. Um, let me see what we got. Um, so to see Law, Lowry, Lareda, and Pico? Question mark? <laughs> Pico? <laughs> um, of course. Listen, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Cody Law get a step up in competition after tonight if he wins, which he probably should. Lowry's good. I like the matchup. Again, I'd like to see him get a step up in competition. But Rakeem Cleveland's a dog, man. That guy's fought everybody. He's fought Derek Lewis twice. 
He's fought Tanner Bozer. I mean, he's been in there with some legit dudes, and he's beat some legit dudes too. Um, so, I mean, I like it. He's definitely the most experienced guy that Steve Maury's fought. But, yeah, I'd like to see him get a step up. Lorraine is interesting. Uh, she's fighting a fighter that's way bigger than her. Like, Lorraine is 5'1 or 5'2, and Taylor is almost six feet tall as a 25-er. So oh. that that whole size discrepancy is going to be interesting. And Taylor Turner, you look at her record, 5 and 7, whatever. She's she's been in there with some she's been in there with Alejandra Lara. She got beat, but she's been in there with some good competition. She's got some wins, and she's got nothing to lose in this fight. So and this I, is I think who, it's I think it's interesting. And this is who Loretta should be fighting. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I it's like oh, Loretta sucks. Oh, and she's fighting a fighter that doesn't have a great record. Well, yeah, so it makes sense then. Why would you yeah. want her? <laughs> you know. I am disappointed yeah. though that, that Bellator we have not seen more Hannah guy. I don't understand that. She's not signed to the that, sign. that is disappointing. I don't that's that's disappointing. As far as I know, as far as I know, and hopefully that changes soon, Big Tune is still not signed yet. As far as I know. Scott Coker. So come on. How is this how is this happening? How is this happening? You were just, both of them should be under contract. You were just giving Pico, these you were giving these future pay-per-view stars away <laughs> to the UFC. What are you thinking? What are you and then Aaron thinking? Pico, yes. I'm always excited to see Aaron Pico fight. Yeah, uh, Aaron Pico. This is a good matchup with Justin Gonzalez. Uh, I, I like it, man. I like it. A lot of people are like, oh, you could put press. Yes, you can, especially in Bellator. And Justin Gonzalez, nothing to lose here. He's got everything to gain, nothing to lose, in my opinion. You know, he has, Aaron Pico he has, has a chance to lose his undefeated record. Yeah, but at the That's end of the, but if he wins, I mean, this is a massive victory mm-hmm. for him. So, lot to gain. Yeah, he loses the undefeated record, but the risk oh, reward obviously a lot is to worth gain. But yeah, and and, it, and if you when you lose Aaron Pico, you usually lose like <laughs> you you leave you leave consciousness for a while. So, dude, yeah, like, that's it's I, I I Pico's just so good. He's he's I, he's. I, He's living up to what we kind of like thought he would be, and him working with him, him linking up with Brandon Gibson was like the best thing that ever happened to him. No yeah. doubt about it. I think, uh, I think you know, if you don't know Brandon Gibson, he was uh, John Jones's um, main striking coach for years, and I'm not sure what that relationship is now because of the whole Jackson Week thing. But um, now that um, I know uh, Gibson is dedicating a lot of his time into Aaron Pico and um, they're good friends and he, he just speaks and everyone who coaches all the coaches who have worked with Aaron Pico all the media members who have ever even just talked or worked with Aaron Pico you get it if you've been around him he's like oh this guy is just he's just a good dude and he's just really good at fighting and um, that, I don't know that was my, that's been my impression of Pico do you kind of the same thing yeah yeah yeah, I mean the guy is—he's super focused. Uh, I mean, you can check out my interview with him on on this on this here YouTube channel. He's super interesting guy. He's a dad now; just became yeah. a father. He's growing up fast. He's growing yeah. up fast, but he's been kind of thrust into these have to grow up quickly type positions his entire life, being a wrestler and going to tournaments and traveling since he was like such a young kid. So he's been there before. But Justin Gonzalez is a very good fighter. Yeah. Very good fighter. Great wrestler. Um, he could make things a little interesting if this is a like a dirty, gritty, grimy, like against the fence kind of fight. But yeah, he doesn't want to stand out in space and throw hands there in Pico. That's for no sure. one. That, that is a bad idea. Um, Take two last yeah, ones. Any chance to see Chandler versus Islam? Uh, I would say like next. I would say no, not next. I think I think Chandler kind of avoids that. 
because of the beating he took against Justin Gaethje. And I know Chandler is like a super athlete. And if anyone can heal quickly, it'll probably be him. But if I'm Chandler, I mean, he's had a busy couple, he's had a busy 18 months. I wouldn't fight till second half of 2022. And at that point, fight Tony Ferguson, man. Like there's big fights for him that aren't Islam Makachev. The, the Tony that would be a signature win. Yeah, that'd be the, that'd be a signature win for Makachev and get him over the hump. But there's options. There's other options for Makachev. He could fight the loser of the title fight coming up. He could fight Benil Dariush. I mean, there's options. Chandler yeah. doesn't have to be an option at this point. And Chandler just went through just a car crash, and he's gonna he he's gonna be out for a little bit. It's just because normally, and so much credit to Chandler when he loses his fights. Next day, you know, he's doing media. He's like talking about why he lost the fight. After he lost to Gagey, he's just like, okay, I got to hide for a little bit. Do my little video, release a little video of the kid wearing the ice mask. But I get it. I get it, Michael. It's just, you know, you've done lots of media trying to promote that Gagey fight. It, it, it lived up to all the expectations. You know, just kind of just chill with your family for a while. Um, and for Islam, you know, even if he, if he got that Chandler fight to me, and he beats Chandler, and then we have the whole, oh, what, you just beat someone on a two-fight losing streak? Big deal. You know, people are going to do that. There's, there's a lot of, you know, I, I don't think Islam would want that fight with Chandler right now coming off the losing streak because that's how, just how people are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, since when does that matter, though? Since when, since when does meritocracy matter in the uh, UFC, you know, Casey? You know. Well, dude, all these people here, are, and I didn't even put them up. Wins and like, losses should matter, but they don't. Yeah, well, like, how, why is Gaethje getting a, t- getting a touch? He's only won one fight in a row. Oh, I, God. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. People, like, they use streaks that has, like, a selling point, and they'll, you know, and they'll use it against you when it's, like, it's all about, con- it's all about who's on the other side of the cage. You know, it's, he it's, lost to Habib Nurmagomedov. Come on. He lost to Habib. Jesus. That, that was Habib's domination of Gaethje was that was the fight that that went, oh my God, Habib is so freaking good. Oh crap, he retired. Dang it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I, uh, uh, that that one's still shocking. Um uh, what else we got? Let's take one more. One more, one more, one more. Let me look what we got here. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, a lot of these questions are kind of about other fighters. Bring them on tomorrow for the fan Q&A, people. I'm trying to find a question about tonight. Oh, here we go. I mean, tomorrow's the fight. Uh, do you guys think Miguel versus Williams has performance the night written all over it? Uh, may, I mean, listen, with those two guys, sure. It's it's always a possibility. I think, I think it's more of a fight of the night kind of fight. Both these guys are very durable. Baez is coming off that crazy fight with Santiago Ponzinibbio. Interested to see how much he has grown. I know the last time I spoke with Colby Covington for MMA fighting, he raved about Miguel Baeza. Raved about him. And I felt like Miguel Baeza, inside, like heading into the Covington-Usman fight this past Saturday, working with a guy like Miguel Baeza for two years, as technical and as elusive of a striker as that guy is, I mean, being able to work with that guy every day preparing for a fight i mean you got to learn something so bias is a super talented guy and chaos williams lives up to his moniker a hundred percent he is a chaotic fighter he's become a little more technical he's kind of not cooled off is the right word but he's he's a little more technical he's 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 toned it down a little bit he still can bring that heat he's still got tremendous power but you could tell from his last fight working over with guys at jackson wink and stuff 
footwork's better, defense is better, he's doing things better. So I think it's going to be a, a very technical fight. There's going to be some fun exchanges. I think this has more fight of the night than performance of the night written on a, on a case. I don't know if you agree or disagree. It's a good matchup. I I I, I see a performance bonus going somehow. And I, I actually I I do think one of these gentlemen are going to be finished pretty pretty handily. Not because it was a domination. It's just because the other guy when they do land is going to be painful. And um, I actually I just I I think I'm I'm maybe I'm just hoping I I I'm just hoping that the the main event gets fight of the night. <laughs> That's why. And um, I think Baez Williams will actually will end in a dramatic finish. But yeah, it's a good fight. I love the fight. All right. All right. I think we're good. I think we're good. Remember, early start time tomorrow, people. 1 p.m. Eastern for the prelims. 4 p.m. Eastern main card, which means you got to wake up early for the pre-fight Q&A, for the People's Pre-Fight Show. 9.30 a.m. Oh, yes, 12.30 Eastern, 9.30 a.m. for you West Coasters. So get, get your bagels ready. Get your coffee ready. Set that Keurig timer and get ready to go. Go to Dunkin' Donuts. Get what you need. We'll see you here 9.30 a.m. Pacific time, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time we get you ready for UFC Vegas 42. For Casey, big shout-out once again to Billy Q. The squid. The squid. Billy, the The squid Q. Q. (laughs) The squid. (laughs) Quarantillo, Ed Cap, the man, the myth, the legend for setting that all up. Casey, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Enjoy all the fights this weekend. Tons of stuff coming up. This song slaps. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.